Hello and welcome to the Odds Checker Betting Show. I'm your host, George Ellick, and I'm delighted to be joined by Odds Checker's very own Andy Holding. Just the two of us today as we look ahead to Saturday's card at Haydock, ahead of the Sprint Cup. Uh, Andy, how are you doing? All good. Yes, thanks, George. Yeah, um, just had a, a week off and came back on Monday. Um, yeah, not too bad since I've come back. It normally takes me a few days to get into the swing of it, but uh, uh, touch of wood, it's, it's still going relatively well. I ended up... Um, Nicely ahead for August, so went to the first day of September. So hopefully we can have a, a similarly good, decent month. Yeah, here we go. Hope for a big, a big September. Um, what can we expect from Haydock then? What, what are the, what are the quirks? What kind of horses? What profile are you looking for? And, and what's the forecast saying in terms of the the going ahead of the weekend? Yeah, I think tomorrow is going to be okay. One or two little rogue showers here, there, and everywhere, but shouldn't uh, amount to too much. But I think Saturday is going to be. Definitely uh, worth keeping an eye on the skies. Uh, there is a low pressure area bubbling up from the south. They are going to get rain for certain. Um, again, in what quantities, it's hard to really, really be sure. Um, so it does make sort of tipping two days in advance a little bit more treacherous. Um, I'd probably have a little bit of an open mind um, going into sort of like the bigger races as it will affect some horses are obviously quite short in the betting and, you know, you could get some value about horses that if it does rain might look a little bit big at time of recording. So yeah, we're, we're in a bit of a state of flux at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. And before we get into the card on Saturday, just going to ask you, cause it's been a while since we spoke, we haven't spoken since York. Um, uh, you know, Baid was, was a, a scintillating winner on the Knavesmire, um, six and a half length victory over, over Mishrif and, and things didn't necessarily all go to plan during the race either. But a lot of talk in the last couple of weeks as to where Baid will go next, um, with initial indications being that the arc wasn't on the cards. That seems to have changed. Um, but, uh, Baid is now favourite for the arc, unsurprisingly, at nine to four best price. That's with William Hill. Paddy's are going four to six, non-runner money back. Um, firstly, where do you think they will go? And and if I does go to the to the arc, uh, what kind of price do you think we'll see him be? I think it's a, a weather related um, plan, isn't it? They've got uh, as such. I, I I think that all along the the you know they were going to go to York and and see whether he got the trip, which he answered in the affirmative. He ran his fastest ever speed figure according to our numbers. So the further he went, the better he looked. And to beat Mishriff. Who's a you know multiple group one winning the Starley did suggest that um, you know the numbers are absolutely um, bomb proof, um, and you know he wasn't stopping at the line, so you know he should in theory get further. Do they need to try him over further to sort of um, you know enhance his reputation than it, better than it already is? I don't know. Uh, the Irish Champion Stakes would look the logical choice, but I think the temptation to probably go out and do something that perhaps Frankel never did would get him up there in the pantheons of the greats. Um, that would be the sort of, you know, temptation that the, the connections would have. Um, but again, I do think it's going to be granulated. They won't want to put all their eggs in one basket, leave Leopardstown alone completely, and then rely on the weather in Paris in the mm. first weekend in October being a dry one. Because if it is dry, I think they probably would they'd roll the dice. But, you know, it could easily go soft, heavy and, you know, mile and a half and soft or heavy ground against genuine mile and a half horses that know the time of day around that track. That would be the stumbling block that they, they might uh, have to face. But um, if he does get there on the day 
and it is good ground, then I think he'd probably be more the the other side of even money than than the seven or four that he is currently quoted. And what do you think in terms of, of long-term reputation? You know, there, there have been comparisons to Frankel, but there's absolutely no denying that the fanfare and the visuals of Bailly's performances, probably except for that win at York, have been nowhere near that level. But if Bailly did turn up uh, over in France, in Paris, and go and win the arc, in terms of a legacy, in terms of what we'll, we'll see when he goes to stud, um, where do you think that will rank him amongst the amongst the best? Well, it's it's always difficult, really, with, with, with the gods comparing one horse from a generation to another because Frankel won a classic in his season. Obviously, Bayed only really came to the fore halfway through his three-year-old career. Uh, he's a bit of a late developer. Um, so, albeit he's winning all these big races, he, he still hasn't done what Frankel did and win a British classic by, you know, seven or eight lengths in spectacular fashion. So, straight away, Frankel had got that on his CV. Um, and and by it's always playing catch up as it were, but that's, I, I do think if he genuinely went and won the arc in, and won it really well and beat a decent field, that's something that Frankel uh, uh, never never achieved. Um, and don't forget, Frankel wasn't brilliant every single time. You know, he yeah he huffed yeah. and puffed a little bit when he won um, an Ascot um, on his penultimate start. Um, so yeah, I mean. It, it's it's you know comparing Messi to De Stefano, De Stefano, De Stefano isn't it? Yeah, yeah. There, there, the, and Pele, it's you can have these conversations till you're blue in the face. We'd we'd never know who's the best until they, you know, they until they kind of like fictitiously ran against each other. Personally, I think um, because if Bly does go and pers- you know, prove himself in in the arc over a mile and a half, he, he's got to be right up there with Frankel. Lovely stuff. Um, enough about the arc. Time to look at Haydock on Saturday. We're going to go through the card pretty quickly uh, with Andy giving his thoughts on all seven of the races. Uh, before we get into it, just going to point the viewer and the listeners in the direction of the Odds Checker app. Uh, do download the app now where you can find the best prices, bookie offers, free bets, uh, place terms and Andy's tips amongst other tipsters uh, across sports. Uh, first there, Andy sips through to the app every morning of racing around about 9am. So do download the app now. But let's get into the racing on Saturday, uh, starting with the 115. Uh, it is the listed race uh, over the extended mile. And the unbeaten naval power is unsurprisingly the 8 to 15 favourite ahead of Seeking Gold at 11 to 2. Line of War 11 to 1 alongside Dancing Magic, uh, Dark 30 16s, Captain Winters <coughs> 18 to 1. Uh, so six runners here, Andy. Can you see any reason to get against naval power making it four from four? Not really. No, I think this is fairly weakish looking race for, for for a pattern event. I think it's a good bit of placing by Godolphin. They've gradually stepped him up through the ranks run by run. Um undefeated going into his last run at Ascot and he blew away a you know a reasonably decent field. Um there was a bit of that confidence behind the third horse, Mascarpone, who'd finished fourth in the Brocklesby um early on in the season and was bought by Australian blub stop for, for David Simcock. And you know, I mean, he gives the, the, the form a little bit of a solid look to it, I suppose. Um, you know, and he hit the line really hard, didn't he, Naval Power? And stepping up to um, a mile would, would suit him, certainly on pedigree as well. He's by Tierfilo. Um, nice long striding horse, gets over the ground really nicely. His speed figures have improved uh, run by run. We, we've got him doing 69 first time out, then 86 and then 87 at Ascot. So he's not right up there with the top rated horses that we've got over 90, but he's, he's improving. Um, and none of these have done any spectacular figures either. So 
it's uh, it's going to be difficult for him to to sort of um, lose this really if he if he brings his A game to the table. Of the rest, I do like seeking um, gold. Uh, one for Tom Clover, who's of course had a, a really good season, particularly with his T rolls. And this one's been the pick. Uh, he was a big eye catcher first time out at Haydock when he went into one or two notebooks. And then, um, as expected, the market predicted at Yarmouth the other day, he made the short work of his opposition. Just a nice type that I'm sure will win plenty of races further down the line, even if he's beat on Saturday by um, potentially what is a good horse in, in the shape of Noble Power. Where they'll go with Noble Power after Saturday, I don't know. Um, I'd imagine one of those new market races towards the back end of the season. Um, but uh, yeah, here we two to one on. No one's bargain. Wouldn't be for me, but uh, for those that do like to play short, then you haven't got too many standing in your way with regards, um, you know, getting lumpy at that price. So no bet race, uh, but nothing to get too um, worried about in terms of, of those who could challenge naval power at the top end of the market. Uh, on then to the superior mile stakes. Um, Reach for the Moon is the five to four favourite ahead of Dark Shift at six to one. Bayside Boy thirteen to two, Triple Time seven to one, Brunch eleven to one, Marie's Diamond twenties, Tassery Bay twenty fives, and Perotto twenty five to one. Dead eight runners here with the five to four favourite. Whether there'll be there'll be eight runners come post time, we don't know, Andy. No, as as it stands, this, this is quite a um, a decent betting heat because you know the favourite is um, a little bit vulnerable, or he's got a vulnerable look. Surrounding him, let's say um, the fact that John Gosden's gone for the visor suggests that he's not quite happy with uh, Reach for the Moon's mental approach. Um, he'd known better than what we do, we we do, of course. And you know, through majority of his race at Ascot, he looked like winning, and then didn't win when Claymore, to my eyes anyway, and obviously to Connections' eyes, outbattled him. Um, so maybe there's a little bit of a chink in his armoury. It could have been the trip, obviously, mile and a quarter at Ascot that day in the Hampton Court, dropping back to a mile, which up to now has probably been his his best performance. But that's what that's when they're taking place. Um, so yeah, he's he's I think he's on the recovery mission for me um, to get his reputation on on, on back on track. Whether like I say whether you you know you wanted to take five to four, it's a personal choice. I think. There's a solid each way horse against him. That's dark shift. I do like these um, older horse handicappers that go into um, listed or group three races because they tend to get a little bit underestimated because they are perceived to be not quite that class when the reality is, I think, races like the Hunt Cup uh, and the Cambridgeshire, for instance, are usually a little bit more strongly run than um, the pattern races, let's say, on, on, on a similar card. And that's what happened with dark shift when he won the... Hunt Cup, he clocked a very big number, beat a stellar field of handicappers, of which the former stood the time, test of time. Um, you know, he can handle a round track as well. We, he won at Nottingham early on in the season. And his run last time out when dropping back in trip was just as good as anything he's ever done when he finished third behind Fresh. So he's got a little bit of everything. Uh, and with the dead eight runners of five to one, unless you're telling me he's slightly bigger or bigger price than that, um, looks a decent bit of a each way value against a favourite, like I say, who has one or two questions to ask. Six to one, Andy. Six, Six to one, one. each way. Um, a fifth of three. As I say, keep an eye on those non-runners in case one does come out. Your bet will change to a quarter of the two. Uh, but as it stands, if you know if we get to post time on Saturday, and pretty much exactly um, two days from from recording time, um, and Dark Shift is still six to one with three places. And that is the way I think it's clear that Andy would like to play the second uh, on then to the uh, mile six handicap. 
Uh, the third race on the card, the 220. Uh, Tamilla is the six to one favourite ahead of Open Champion at eight to one. Uh, Adjuvant also eight to one. Inverness seventeen to two. Sarsons Risk nine to one. Thundering ten to one. Eleven to one. Bardos sixteen runners here. Skybet goes six places. Plenty of other firms going five. Andy, who catches your eye? Well, you, to start off with, George, you, you'd probably say this is a, a poor man's version of the Melrose at um, mm. York. Uh, mile six, round track, similar kind of horses. Probably not quite the collective class that we saw on the Naysmire, which, of course, was won by Solcombe. But we have got a couple of refugees out of that race, which represent that form line. And it was a strongly run race as well. Solcombe's time figure actually was much better than... Uh, the one that was posted by Trawlerman over the same C&D in the E-ball. Bit of a funny run race, the E-ball. Kind of suited being up with the speed and the pace held up uh, for once. It was more of a dash to the line rather than an end-to-end gallop. But the uh, the three-hour race was definitely the opposite. So you definitely um, factor in the horses that finished third and fourth, as I said, Juvon and uh, Inverness. They weren't uh, quite in the class of the winner, of course, that day, but they certainly ran with uh, a good deal of respect. Um, William Haggis would probably have a, a fair idea what it take, what it might take to beat the likes of a Juvon and, and Inverness based on um, Solcombe, of course, with Tamilla, who was a very eye-catching winner on the clock when winning last time out at Kempton. She clocked a really big time, um, you know, vindicating the fact she, she she's a better horse in a strongly run race. She handles the turf as well. So she's got to be um, factored into the equation as well. And also the top one as well, George. This is a horse that I quite like. I think he might improve for stepping up and tripping. He'd probably be my selection at the current prices you quoted. Uh, for 10 to 1 on offer for Thundering. He has mm. got a water burden of 9.9 to carry. He's up two pounds from finishing second on the Knavesmire. But that was a really good race at York. And I, I love the way this horse uh, finished off his race and hit the line. Um, he was doing all his best work at the finish. And by and large, he's been a really consistent performer throughout the course of the season. Um, you know, his, his form ties in what ties in with the likes of Edgar Algar Elderoff early on in the early on in the year when he was uh, fifth in a, in a hot race at Newcastle, and he's done nothing wrong since. So, um, like I say, despite him, you know, shouldering top weight here, he is he is a big enough horse to cope with that. Uh, but I do like his profile. He's used to running in these big fields where they go good gallop, and I think the mile six will suit. So, ten to one for Thundering would uh, be the way I'd approach that race. 10 to 1. Uh, that is with William Hill, Bet Victor, Coral, and a couple of others. Uh, the selection there for Andy in the third race on the card. Adjuvan and Inverness given positive mentions at 8 to 1 and 17 to 2. Those two. Uh, on to the Old Borough Cup now, also over in mile six, where Sulcombe is the 5 to 2 favourites. One of the handicap stories of the season, this Sulcombe gelded back in May, uh, then won off 68 at Haydock at the back end of June. Runs off 97 here, uh, having been put up £14 for the win at York, and understandably so. Um, won very, very easily under Holly Doyle. And and still 5-2 to two favourite here, despite that penalty. Uh, contact 6-1, to one. you can Glenn 8-1, to one. Evaluation 8-1, to one. Rajinsky 11-1, to 18-1 to one. Golden Flame and Rashoon, uh, Amatiaz and Charging Thunder, 20-1 to one. Barlow's Andy. Uh, 15 runners uh, against Skybet, with the most places at the moment paying a fifth of five. Yeah, he's been a, a remarkably improved uh, performer um, throughout the um, the season, as you said. Uh, son of Frankel that really didn't really look as though he was going anywhere in a rush until they stuck the headgear on him and, and like I said, they had him gelded um, midway through the season. And 
since then he hasn't looked back. He, he should really be fourth from four because he was hugely unlucky, wasn't he, at Goodwood when he was towards the back of the field and uh, couldn't get going until very late. He got stopped in his run as well. But the wide open space of the Naismar saw him to really good effect last time out. Once again, given a very confident stroke patient ride by um, his jock, I think it was Holly Doyle on that occasion, came through, sauntering through on the bridle, which is quite astonishing, really, considering they've got a really good gallop and he still had plenty of uh, energy left in his legs to win uh, with uh, loads in hand. Um, he looks a cup horse for next season. I think connections will obviously be eyeing races like the Ebor, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, further down the line, yeah, you can see him being a really um, good stayer to take on the likes of uh, Trushan, Kiprios, maybe maybe if not next season, the season after. He's that kind of horse. So, you know, even even, even though he's, it looks at a bit of a skinny price, his time figures and the way he's going suggest that um, he's very much the one to beat. And on the older horses, if you're very much of that persuasion, and the three-year-olds actually don't have a great record in this race, looking at the tail of the tape. I think the last time a three-year-old won, it was back in 2012. Then you'd probably want to get with Eukin Glenn, who's been a huge eye-catch on his last two starts. Goodwood, he got absolutely no luck in running. And once again, the uh, fickle hand of fate um, um, kind of like um, went hand-in-hand hand with his run in the E-ball mm-hmm. when... He was looking for a run towards the near side rail in the hands of Paul Moran and he did get stopped in his run about three or four times. He did finish off his race quite eye-catchingly to finish a never near a seventh. But his closing sectional, funny enough, for the last three furlongs was the best on the card that day. He did 34-3, which is pretty good uh, to suggest he's in rare old form. He's won this race before as well. I think it was either two or three years ago. He popped up in this race off a mark of 101. So even 105 here, top weight, won't necessarily be enough to stop him. And what we've seen of him... Um, in recent times, he's as good as ever, even though he's a nine-year-old. And Jim Goldie does really well with these horses, doesn't he? Um, you know, anything between seven and a ten-year-old, he still gets them to. Uh, he still finds their sweet spot. So, um, de- de- depending on what the ground is on Saturday, he's pretty much versatile either way. Um, I suggest perhaps he's the each alternative anyway to, to Silcom. There you go, you can Glenn. Uh, they're eight to one best price for Bet365 and Coral. Uh, the way that Andy's looking to play the Old Borough Cup uh, as an each-way bet there, but a certain respect for Sulcombe at the top of the market. Uh, on to the big race on the card, uh, the six furlong Group 1, uh, the, the uh, Sprint Cup, where Minzal is the 4-1 to favourite just ahead of Naval Crown at 5-1, to Emirati Anna 7-1, to Rohan 17-2, to Art Power and Kinross both 9-1, to Go Bears Go 12-1, to Brad the Brief 14s, 16-1 to bar those. Uh, Andy, who do you think is the, the value to win the Sprint Cup on Saturday? I think the value is definitely Brad the Brief looking at the uh, the prices. He was 12 to 1 in midweek, and I thought that was a big price. And I, I was toying with the idea of getting involved, but that was with three places. So I thought I might as well wait till Saturday and see the, mm. the draw and, and the ground and how many runners we've got. And no doubt there'll be firms that'll be going four or five places on the day, and that'd probably be uh, worth taking a little bit shorter. But I see he's still 12 to 1, which isn't a bad shout. Um, I think he's been campaigned specifically for this race, whereas. One say one or two are coming here as an afterthought, but they've had hard, knock, hard knocking seasons like the likes of Emiratiana and Naval Crown and Kinross, Rohan, etc. Um, they've taken a lot of scars uh, with them along the way. Uh, but I do like to say the way he's been campaigned. He started off his year winning over the course and distance to get acclimatised to the track. He did that in pretty decisive fashion. And then he went to the Cora last time out and he's one of the first horses off the bridle that day uh, at the County Gildare track, but he came home very eye catchingly uh, to, to see off. Uh, a lot of good Irish horses, including the horse I rate, Moonista, 
they pull well clear of the rest. The time figure is very good. And he hasn't run for um, the interim period, 105 days. So he's nice and fresh. We know he likes the track. He wouldn't mind a little bit of digging the ground either. He's one on softest ground. So Hugo Palmer would be quite happy to see a little bit of rain. Still 15. I'm not sure how the race will pan out, George. Of course, we'll get plenty of chances on the straight track over the course of the two days prior to Saturday to see where you need to be on the course. But if he's not in the wrong place on the track, then I'm sure that ability alone will um, allow him to run a nice race. So 12 to 1 for me. Each way about the brief definitely strikes me as being the value bet in the race. 14 to 1, Andy. 14 to 1, Paddy's and Betfair. Um, Betfred uh, offering five places, a fifth of five they are, uh, also 14 to 1. Uh, if you want the six places that Skybet are offering, uh, then you have to go to Sky, uh, sorry, you have to go to, to 12 to 1 Skybet, six places there in the Sprint Cup. Um, two more races on the card. Um, we have no prices um, for either. Um, so we'll ask if there's any any of them to keep an eye out on. You've got the uh, five furlong handicap, Andy first, and the, the 405, and then the uh, mile handicap in the last. Yeah, got a couple of picks for, for both races, George. Um, I've always been a big fan of Corker. Um, he won for my column early on in the season at York, coming from a long way back. And that's a problem with him to a degree. He often misses the break. I say often, he virtually misses it every time, including uh, last time at Beverly. But unfortunately, Beverly, being the track as it is, and they all race and converge on that far side rail, he was never likely to get a clear run, whereas York, wide open, expansive uh, spaces on the course on the Naismore enabled him to get through and uh, get a clear passage to the line. But everything that could go wrong uh, did go wrong on, on the Westwood, and he got stopped in the run about four or five times. He was never, therefore, competitive behind at his marvellous. But he still comes out well on the figures that day, and it was a strongly run race, and even finishing four lengths behind the winner uh, suggests he's still in, in reasonably sh- uh, good shape. He hit the line really hard without really knowing he had a race. So if he can break on terms, or reasonably for his standards on terms, he has one at the track as well. So... Um, like I say, if he's there or thereabouts at halfway, nothing will be coming down stronger than Corker. So if you can get a nice each-way price about him, I don't think he'll be too far wrong. Corker in the 405. Uh, anything in the last? Yeah, um, interesting runner here is Gifted Ruler. I'd imagine that um, uh, Alazoire will be favourite, so we might get a little bit of value about Hugo Palmer's charge. Uh, he's a course winner, and of course, um, last, last season. And even though his season so far hasn't amounted to much at first glance, I think if you dig a little bit deeper into the way he's been running, um, I think he could run all right here. He certainly can run better than his figures suggest. He was fourth or four the last time he came here, but that was over a mile and a quarter, uh, the extending a mile and a quarter on soft ground, which he didn't stay. They then dropped him back to seven and a half furlongs last time out at Chester, but unfortunately he was drawn out in the wing. He was drawn 13 of 13, had to be dropped out right towards the back, and he was still last with two furlongs to run, but I did notice him finishing his race off very eye-catchingly to finish a never near a seventh. Uh, that was a much better effort. Um, I think the mile of Haydock will really suit him. But more importantly, George, he's drawn in store one, whereas the favourite, uh, Alazoire, was drawn in 13. So a mm. complete switch around in fortunes, as it were, from uh, Gifted Ruler's um, stall position on the Rudy, where he was drawn 13 to 13, to one of one at Haydock on Saturday. So um, his odds will probably not reflect his chance. Um, or what happened to him last time in comparison to his chances here today or come Saturday. So I'd be sniffing around perhaps on Friday night to have a look at what price um, bookmakers go about Gifted Ruler because he's bad to be chalked up bigger than what he should be. Lovely stuff. <laughs> gifted Ruler in the last, the one that Andy's putting up. No prices in those last two races, so keep an eye out on both of those. 
And that brings our whistle-stop tour of Saturday's Racing at Haydock to a close. Uh, thank you very much to Andy, as ever, uh, for joining us. Uh, we'll be back again next week as we look ahead to a huge weekend of racing, uh, including the St. Ledger. So do join us for that. Uh, do download the Odds Checker app as well for the best prices, bookie offers, free bets, uh, place terms, and Andy's tips straight over to the app every single morning of racing, amongst other tips as too. Fingers crossed a couple of winners in there. Uh, but as is always the case, we encourage you to ensure that you're gambling responsibly.